0: Hello, everybody. It's Dr. Rick dropping in on you. I uh, hope everybody had a great holiday. For those of you who celebrate Christmas, I hope that you had a great time. Regardless of whether you celebrate celebrate Christmas or not, I hope that you had an opportunity to spend time with the people you love and to love on them and to be loved. Um, today is Tuesday, so we're talking Transformational Tuesday. I want to talk to you real briefly about um, the importance of intentional transformation and the importance of being intentional about change in your life, because when you are intentional, you set the tone, you set the stage, you set your emotional state, which is going to govern your ability to manage situations throughout the day and also open your mind to being able to write the narrative of your destiny. Uh, In other words, you are in control of the outcome of your life. You don't control circumstances. You don't control situations, but you do control how you respond to them. You do control the level of confidence you develop to manage and handle anything that comes your way. You have the ability to say no matter what, I'm ready. And it comes at the beginning of uh, everything is a state of gratitude, a state of gratefulness, a state, a mindset that says I am appreciative of what I have, but I'm also grateful for what is coming. When you develop the ability to be grateful for what you don't already have in your hands, but you know you will because you believe in your ability to create the reality that you desire by focusing, by putting in the work, by being present in the moment, then you are able to experience emotions. Um, Before I get started, look, in the description box is an opportunity to take advantage of the course that I designed to help people transform their lives by way of a conscious mental engagement. Uh, it's so powerful. It is something I use with all of my clients. And I created the Mind Unleash course for that also. There's a link that'll show you for those. Who want to work directly with me in a one-on-one capacity uh there are not a lot of opportunities to do that i don't have many uh, nearly as many uh slots available over the last couple of years as i have previously and that's because my attention is focused with expanding reach and while it is extremely rewarding and very uh effective There's only so many people I can work with in a year. And so we've moved away from it. But it's still my love and my passion. So there are some slots and availability. So if you want to work with me and you are serious about changing your lives, you can look in there. But if you think that you have the ability to uh, engage in a step by step process that's laid out for you, that course will be an immensely powerful tool for you. Uh, Now, let's talk about what it takes to change intentionally. Um, You know, I think people get the idea when someone says they are a performance psychology psychologist, a life strategist or a coach or consultant. I think people get the idea is that it's all about a bunch of motivational speeches, sitting down and talking to somebody that's telling you, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. And actually. I have spent decades developing the skill set that I have to help people literally transform their mind. And we build that from the bottom up. So when I start working with a person, the first thing I'm evaluating is their self image, their self concept, how they see themselves in the world, how they believe the world sees them, how they believe the world influences their life and their ability to influence the world around them. That's your self concept, basically your self image. Whatever your self-image tells you about yourself, you will never outperform that. You will never have a self-image that says you're average and and become great, become exceptional, become extraordinary. You will never have a self-image that says only other people can do that. I'm not one of those people. So then you have to look at the limiting beliefs you hold as um, the foundation for your self-image and you have to start building out from there. And you have to do that now. What happens is the first five to seven years are predominantly uh, the developmental years in which paradigms are being created. Uh, a child is literally downloading all of the data and information that is flooding through their gates, they're downloading it, categorizing it, and processing it as. Uh, a means of determining what they will, what they won't, what they can and what they can't do in life and everything else. So it sets the behavior. It sets the expectations. It sets the uh, the uh, level of consciousness in the sense of conscious. So, in other words, what I should do and being able to have an emotional trigger to stop you from doing things you shouldn't do Uh, all this. And so much more is done then. But then you can get through life and have that. Thing, and we have this thing called neuroplasticity, which means that you are constantly creating new neuro receptors, uh, new, new uh, neural pathways, and these neural pathways are information and data that literally, the more you engage them, the more you feed them, the more you give attention to them and information that are di- that is directly connected to it, the stronger these neural pathways become. So you can literally take a new belief. And the moment you engage that new belief, you create a neural pathway. The more you engage that new belief, it will become stronger. If that was an opposing belief that you're now ignoring, dismissing, the less you engage it, the less you act on it, the less you visit it, the weaker that neural pathway gets until it basically dissipates and moves to the back. And so then this is how you create this prevalent new behavior through introducing these neural pathways this is called neuroplasticity we used to believe that once you reached a certain age you were pretty much locked into your personality uh whether you were introvert extrovert you were you know generally locked into your temperament if you were normally quick tempered and, and explosive wasn't anything you could do about it and it was so many things that person be- people believe. You simply who you are the truth is you have the ability to become what you desire to be you have the ability to change if you um want to be more extroverted if you want to be more outgoing you can do that and you can do it and set it at the level that you want to set it at if you want to be more cerebral you can actually create a mindset where you start to engage the intake of uh highly intellectual information It is no break. If you want to be a financial wizard, you can go from being broke to being a financial wizard. No matter what people tell you, this uh, wealth and poverty aren't lots in life. That God didn't handpick certain people and say, "Well, you're going to be poor and you're going to be rich." Now, some of us were born into different situations than others, and we have to be aware of that. But what you're born into is not the destiny, it's the starting point. It is the origin. It it is the nexus, so to speak, of where you begin. It's the genesis of your journey. It is not the designation or the destination. So then you must understand that because I started here doesn't mean I'm here. And you have to create these things. One of the things that I've spent a lot of time studying, you know, obviously I create strategies I help people develop positive mindsets. I help people develop powerful... Uh, uh, self images, because when they strengthen their self-image, they strengthen their self-esteem. When they strengthen their self-esteem, they strengthen uh, their self-confidence. When they strengthen their self-confidence, they're willing to step out and pursue more, do more, accomplish more, live life at a high level of quality, and so much more. But I also understand that people have experiences and their experiences are sculpting their expectations. Their experiences are literally uh influencing how they perceive and view life. And so what I also have put a great deal of emphasis and study in, and I travel and I lecture and I do this on so many different uh, uh, platforms and in so many different spaces, uh, is the study of trauma. And the influence of trauma and the need to heal from trauma because trauma literally will dictate and disrupt and literally destroy your life and the thing is people believe because i i experienced trauma that i'm governed by the trauma i experienced no what happens is you experience trauma in a, in a number of different ways the first way is that you literally catalog experience it with your body your body experiences the trauma at the same time that you're mentally experiencing it and the body is what literally catalogs and holds it so in every cell of your body even after it reproduces reproduces itself through the uh process of mitosis there is the memory of traumatic events. And these memories conjure what? Emotions. Motions are anchors. Emotions literally set the state. So if I'm having a bad emotion, that emotion will govern how I perceive everything in, in it. within a given time that that motion is in control. So if I'm angry, everything that I perceive is going to come through the lens of what has angered me or the anger itself. And it's going to be viewed in a, in a, in a distorted way. If I view everything from fear, if I view it from anxiety, if I view it from jealousy. And and everything is governed by emotions in the sense of the lens. Now you're not supposed to use the emotion to determine the response, but you are supposed to set the emotion to govern the perception. And so what happens is most people are simply being moved by their emotions because they are what? Because of trauma, because of bad experiences, they are literally addicted to the negative emotion. Literally, people have been so addicted to being angry, to being sad, to being frustrated, uh, to being anxious, to being worried that they literally have to have it or their body will demand it. Just like you're addicted to cocaine, addicted to heroin, addicted to all these other things, the body will demand that you find something to worry about. If you have always been a worrier, if you've always been a person who's afraid, your body will demand and your mind will go out and find something to be worried about, find something to be frustrated about. And if there's nothing there, it will create it. Why? Because it needs to bring that body into harmony with what it's demanding. So in essence, when you see a person who has had a traumatic event and they're acting in a way that seems irrational uh, and out of character, what you have to understand is they're literally reliving the experience because their body has triggered uh, a response to, any of a number of triggers, a sound, a song, a smell, a, a, a touch, a word. And there it is, it's brought back up. But the thing, beautiful thing is, is that you can hear from that. You can literally integrate your traumatic experiences into your linear timeline in a way that will reduce those uh, type of behaviors. But what you have to do is break the habit You've got to break the addiction. There's literally an addiction. Your body wants to feel a certain way. You'll wake up every morning and start looking for the thing that makes you feel the way that you normally feel every day. If you are a worrier, you wake up looking and thinking and focusing on what? Things to worry about. If you are a person that's always angry, you're looking for what somebody did so you can dig straight off in them. Why? Because that is what you are addicted to the problem is nothing good comes out of negative emotions negative emotions produce what low frequencies low frequencies do what create low vibrations low vibrations do not do anything but resonate with what other low vibrations which attracts those low vibrations to you so if you're wondering why things keep happening and certain people keep doing you are bringing it to you because you are literally focusing because you refuse to change what you are doing, doing in the way of emotions. So what do you do? The first thing you do is you start your day in a state of gratitude. And it's real simple. You wake up and you say, I'm I'm thankful, or you say, thank you. And then you say, I am grateful for this moment. Why? Because this moment holds infinite potential. This moment is basically Uh, neutral. In other words, there's nothing negative or positive in it. I'm going to choose in this moment what I'm going to be, what I'm going to do, what I'm going to focus on. And I'm thankful for the opportunity that I get to set my state. I get to set my day. I get to set my focus. And it doesn't mean that circumstances and situations are coming. One of the problems that I have found with people when I'm trying to teach gratitude, when I'm trying to teach uh, the projection and expectation uh, concept of how you literally Uh, have to raise your standard of what you expect out of life. One of the things is I find that the vast predominance of uh, people in this world are dependent upon circumstances and external situations to conjure the emotion of gratitude and thankfulness, and joy, and happiness, and in in those things that we always talk about having, we're waiting on uh, external circumstances. We have been geared to lean towards dopamine, which is a response to a situation that is highly active and rapid firing, and too much dopamine is actually dangerous to your brain, and dangerous to your overall health outcomes. Why? Because it destroys neural pathways. Dopamine is the fastest path to addiction. Now it's great in short bursts and in you know and infrequently, but the true nature of happiness, the true nature of fulfillment isn't in a dopamine rush, it's in serotonin. Serotonin is not rapidly firing, it's actually a counter to the rapidity of dopamine, and what it does is it settles, but it is even killed. And it produces a sense of well-being, a sense of harmony. And most of the time, this is what it used to be. This is why you find people who tend to be in those places are great thinkers, and they know how to pull themselves out of situations through what? Meditation, through prayer, uh, through uh, mindfulness. And why? Because they understand that my feeling I control when I control my thinking, because my thinking is what I filter everything through. And so here's the thing. When you're addicted to these negative emotions, you're focusing on it. Whatever you focus on, you feel whatever you give your attention to, whatever you're sitting up and you're aiming your attention at, you are literally expending and paying at a very high price for something that does not fulfill you. And because most people are dependent upon external circumstances to, uh, experience joy happiness peace all this stuff it's always feeding the negative thing that you're focusing on so say for instance i want to feel love but i wake up every morning talking about not having this. uh, Nobody wants to do this. I'm, you know, and I'm always focused on the negative. Guess what? I've created a negative emotion that's now centered, that I'm now repeating, that's now coming back to me in the cycle. And now I'm experiencing it, but I mean, I'm not going to be happy until I have love, but I keep cycling negativity. I keep cycling things that love cannot connect. So you got gratitude, in, uh, which is at 500 to 550 hertz. All these negative emotions of feeling lonely and depressed and angry and sad and worried, 250 hertz allure. And so if I'm trying to get to the gratitude, then that's 500 hertz, 550. Love is 600 hertz. I can't possibly experience love when I'm constantly down here at 200 hertz. Why? Because energy is resonant. What does that mean? Energy attracts like energy. I can't be at a frequency of 250 and attract 550 and 600. It doesn't work that way. You are literally pushing away from you in your very thought process. There's a reason, regardless of your faith, uh your, your your preference of faith and how you see God. there's a reason why the Bible consistently tells you guard your hearts and minds. There's a reason why you're constantly told you wrestle not against flesh and blood. There's a reason why you're told that you are to uh cast down arguments and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and to bring every thought into captivity. Why? Because what you focus on is what you what feel? uh christ he he said out of what out of the abundance of the heart what the mouth speaks when you speak uh what is what is saying proverbs there the power of life and death is where in the tongue so over and over you're being told this these these principles that we now have scientific names and concepts for has always been present throughout life before the first piece of scripture was written for the bible uh, what six thousand years ago? Five, six thousand years ago, it was still prevalent. People were practicing it. It's in ancient writings on walls in a number of different places. This isn't anything new. So, but what it is now, we have studied enough to give it names and have systematic ways of understanding it. But it's still there. But what what do you do? If I'm focused on the negative, if I'm focused on the negative, then I'm reproducing the negative and if i need an external situation to change a negative mindset but my negative mindset keeps producing negative situations I'm stuck in a conundrum of frustration because I won't change the equation The equation is I don't I, I need a, I need an external circumstance or I need something outside of myself to change to make me happy I need somebody to do this and I'll be happy I need that to change and I'll be happy when I get this money I'll be happy. when I get this uh, spouse I'll be happy when we get this new home I'll be happy but the thing is, you can't get any of that because you are study focused on what you don't have, what's wrong. And the negative emotion is anchoring you in a negative place that reproduces itself over and over and over again. But so what what does what does the joy come from? Where does the happiness come from? Where does the fulfillment come from? It comes from the ability to see it, to be able to speak it, to call things that are not as though they are until they become to literally be able to create in my mind the very thing that i desire at a level of specificity and detail and imagery that my brain cannot tell the difference the beautiful thing that god did was he desired in the brain and the mind not to be able to distinguish between what was being imagined and what is being really experienced why because i can write a new experience and experience it while going through A negative situation. And I've told you guys this before. If you followed me, you've heard me say this many times i'm often accused of being in denial when i'm going through dark moments in my life and we all go through dark moments and and i think that's another thing we have to stop sitting up and putting out is this idea that when you can get to a certain place and there are no more there's no more darkness there's no more hurt there's no more loss there's no more setbacks and frustrations and delays no what you have to do is you have to get to a place where you learn how to manage it and walk in it and live in it understanding that there's tomorrow because when you wait on circumstances Circumstances, circumstances dictate. I don't wait on circumstances. I don't uh, adhere to circumstances. See, circumstances are temporal by very nature of their own definition. They are temporal, meaning that they are not permanent. They are a circumstance, a situation. It will change. And I can literally control. Uh, it's changing. I can be intentional in my thinking at a level that changes my circumstances. Now, let me tell you something. When I'm being accused of denial, what I'm actually doing is looking past the moment and seeing the outcome and walking and living and standing and experiencing the outcome until I literally create the emotion uh, attached to it. So now the emotion that's anchoring me isn't anchored into the situation, it's anchored into the outcome. And now there's something in my spirit that disagrees with the circumstance because my spirit is more connected to my emotions than it is to what I can see or hear. But you've got to be willing to be intentional in your thinking. You can't be controlled by circumstances or you will be tossed to and fro through this life because circumstances are, are often outside of our control initially. Why? Because they come from other people, other things. There are things happening outside. But what you can't control is how you respond to any circumstance. When I control how I respond, I control the ultimate outcome. I make the wrong decision, it gets worse. I make the right decision, it becomes a tool, a, a resource, and a catalyst for change, empowerment, elevation, and on. And it's up to me to be intentional about so what I have to I have to break the addiction my my body wakes up and if all I've ever done was worry and stress I'm worried and stress and my body wakes up man what's gonna happen if this don't happen what's gonna happen if that's not if you don't do this this it's gonna happen what and and what happens is all that stress really actually overwhelms the prefrontal cortex and you go into fight or flight, the prefrontal cortex shuts down. Why is that a big deal? Well, all the creative ideas and rational and reasoning and impulse control, executive functioning takes place in the prefrontal cortex. But I've put myself in fight or flight because what? I'm in stress response because I'm worried, I'm angry. All those things take me out of the place in my thinking and my ability to receive from God what God is trying to give me in way of an answer, in way of a solution, I am focusing on the problem. Whatever you focus on, you feel. So I can focus on the problem, I can focus on the solution, and I can tell myself without ever knowing the answer. When I sit up and make up in my mind that I've won, I don't have to have the answer yet. I don't need the answer. When I'm making up in my mind that I'm going to do something that I've never done before, I don't need the blueprint. Not yet. I make up my mind when I decide that it's something worth having. I get the blueprint after I commit. Why? Because the blueprint comes with provision, and provision never precedes commitment. Provision never precedes commitment. You, if you're wondering why things aren't opening up for you, you haven't committed to it. You're waiting to see if I can see all of the what ifs, and and I can sit up and I can lay it out. You're trying to create a blueprint outside of the realm of commitment and you can't get the answers. Why? Because you're supposed to commit first. That's what faith is. Faith is the commitment to move towards something that you haven't been guaranteed through reason that you can have. The only thing you know is that it's in my mind. And if I can conceive it in my mind, it's God's evidence that it's possible. And I'm walking in the faith and belief in that. So I'm going to step out and commit on. I'm going to step into this dark moment in this dark space, knowing that there's going to be something to place my foot on, because that's what faith is. Faith is the substance of things uh hope for and the evidence of things what not seen. If if I can see it, I don't need faith. If I can if I can put it down and strategize it on my own, I don't need faith. I need execution. What I need faith is is when it's bigger than what I can can possibly work out in my mind, but I know I want it. Now I need faith. I need to trust that even in this dark moment that I don't have the answer, that the answer is on its way. See, the answer is speeding its way to me, but I have to be patient. And it always arrives at the right moment. May not arrive when I want it to. And it may be very uncomfortable, but I'm telling you that there is something special about being committed enough to stand in in the midst of dark moments and decide that something different is going to happen than what has happened in the past. You are literally writing the narrative. The problem is the average person is so focused on what happened in the past that they're anchoring their emotions in a past situation, creating a negative reaction that's creating negative energy that's dropping the frequency that's dropping the vibration that's taking them away from the very thing because see if as i go up this hertz scale in which i'm measuring these frequencies and energies on literally scientifically your thoughts have energy now when i go up when i sit up and say i'm thankful the very statement triggers something in my mind and it automatically elevates so now i'm emitting a uh Uh, Hertz frequency of about 500. And then when I start to engage and think about what my family means to me and what I'm willing to sacrifice to do for them and how much they pour on me, then it moves me to 600 Hertz. And then when I start to seek the answers, the explanations, the resources of consciousness flowing from the mind of God, I'm now at 700 Hertz. And that's where the answer happens. That's where God begins to speak. I don't mean audibly. I mean, in a way that audible can't possibly touch. I'm hearing God. And it's because I've let go of everything. There's a reason why Paul said we do not operate out of a spirit of fear but of what a power of love and of what a sound mind. I'm balanced in my thinking. I'm balanced in my processing. I'm balanced. Why? Because I'm trusting the creator. I'm trusting the designer. I'm trusting the process. I'm not giving in to a circumstance. I'm not giving in to uh something uh, that my, do you realize that 40% of what people worry about 40% on average, 40% of what people worry about never happens. That's 40% of your energy that you're dedicating to something negative that is robbing you of the energy and the potential you have to create something positive. And then out of that next, what's left out of that 40, out of that 60, 30% are things that will not produce anywhere close to the negative result you think it is it's not nearly as significant you you've overemphasized something that does not have that type of significance in your life when it boils down to it there's roughly about five to eight percent of things that you really need to be concerned about you shouldn't be worried about anything but it says be anxious for nothing and everything with it with prayer and supplication make your request known on the guard of the peace of god which surpasses all understanding will guard your what hearts and minds in christ Jesus." so again what is it saying it's saying that look What I focus on, I feel. There's no place for worry and anxiety. Anxiety and worry produces nothing of meaningful value to you. It literally harms you biologically. Literally, when you worry, there is truth to the term stress to death or worry to death. There's literally truth to that. So when you are overwhelmed with stress and worry, you're literally killing yourself. And then you're not getting anything solved. So if it's not solving something, what can I invest myself in that will be profitable? If I don't have the answer to my solution, to my problem, if I don't have the answer to my problem, what can I do in the in the interim of the answer? Because the answer is coming. If I trust and believe that it's coming, if I move toward it, if I act as if it has already, it's coming and it's coming in perfect timing, then what do I do in the meantime? What? I create the vision and the imagery of what it looks like to win in this moment. If I'm a person that has been struggling with my finances, I picture myself winning in finance. I picture my bills being paid. I picture driving the vehicle I want to drive. I picture uh, supporting the passions and dreams and visions that I've had for my life and my family. I envision it before I ever experience If I cannot envision it. I cannot walk in it. If I cannot envision it, I will never expect it. So when I envision it, I immediately create what? An emotion that's associated with it. It's that emotion I visit that puts the smile on my face that makes people tell me I'm in denial. You get where I'm going with this? Did you get the connection? It's a process. I have taken people who were homeless who are now business owners. When I say homeless, I wanna be clear here. These are people who didn't have a place of their own. Uh, I have definitely worked with the homeless, but when I say homeless here, I mean people who do not have a place of their own, have a vision and are trying to get through it and we're about to give up. I have helped people who uh, worked on jobs for 15 and 20 years. And knew something was better but was always afraid to walk away i've helped people who have been abused as children i've helped people who have been sexually abused as children i've helped people who went through terrible trauma uh, in abusive relationships i've helped people in almost every facet of life that you can think about going through all kinds of unimaginable things completely transform their lives. It's an intentional process. It's deliberate in nature. It requires commitment, but what I'm telling you, there is no place that you are at. If you're not happy, if you're not content, if you're not fulfilled that you can't move away from, but it's going to require a specialized approach to doing it. It's not something that you can sit up and complain away. You're not going to wish it away. You're not going to hope it away because listen, remember when I tell you, whatever you hope, I mean, whatever you focus on, you feel when you start hoping things go away, what do you focus on the things you want to go away? You're focusing on the very thing you don't want. Whatever you focus on, you feel whatever you feel you produce. So then what, what, what then do you do? You have to be aware of the fact that I'm literally producing my thoughts. And in my book, I Am, I wrote that your thoughts are the seeds of your destiny. And they are. When you learn how to manage your thinking, you learn how to manage your life. When you learn how to manage your life, you learn that I can literally create the life that I desire for me and my family. Oh, there's no magic quotient. Uh, There's no magic elixir. Uh, There's no incantation incantation that makes things magically appear but there is a process that the universe responds to God designed it that way it cannot deny you it cannot deny you the the, the universe is designed to respond to faith now whatever you call it and that's another things that I want to tell you on a real si- quick side note stop getting caught up in semantics well it didn't say this so it can't be so words are simply ways of communicating. It's the thought and idea that's communicated that's important. It No matter what you call faith, you would call it manifestation, law of attraction, faith. It's all the same. You sit up and you decide something and you focus on it. You say, you know what? I'm committed to it. At that moment, the universe begins to conspire with you. That's what faith is. God designed the universe to conspire with you when you are in alignment with who you're supposed to be. And and the thing is, you're literally saying, I'm moving toward it and, and it's coming towards you. Every time you visit it, you're watering it. Every time you speak it, you're watering it. Every time you share it with a confidant, you're watering it. When you put it on a vision board, every time you pass it, you're watering it. And then one day it sprouts up and it becomes. (laughs) it didn't magically appear. It took the time, energy, and effort that you poured into it over the course of the time that it took for it to happen from the moment you conceived it. It wasn't magic. Now, there's a bunch of people going to believe you were an overnight success. There's a bunch of people going to believe you just popped up out of nowhere. There's a bunch of people going to believe that you had, um, you know, all kinds of help And you you didn't you didn't take the path that you take. You know, very few people know the story behind the glory. It's not everyone's uh, ability to be privy or right to be privy to all your information. But people are going to think that And it's a lot of times you probably thought that about people. Uh, One of the people that blew my mind was learning the story of Kevin Hart. I'm not a huge Kevin Hart fan. I do not dislike him. There are some things that he's done that I absolutely love. Uh, But. I'm not a, oh, whoa, 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 Kevin Hart is the dopest. I'm not that person, but I am interested in his meteoric rise. And normally there's a lot of people saying, man, Kevin Hart just, no, Kevin Hart's been around for a minute. Kevin Hart took 19 years of no's. A sitcom comes up. It gets canceled after the pilot. Another sitcom gets canceled. And Kevin, 19 years of them telling him no before you see the explosive and meteoric rise of this he's like deep in nine figures i think he's actually ahead of steve harvin allen when it comes to comics i think he's somewhere close to like 300 million may even be more by now uh because that was a while ago i looked off into it i just want to know his story because everybody sees like to me nobody just comes out of nowhere they appear in your life at a certain time for a certain reason. But trust me, they've walked a gauntlet of challenges to become who they are. They've they've been tested in and they've persevered. They have presented a state of relentlessness that has produced the desired result. And that's what life is about. Life is about producing the desired result. So here we are. The question is to you: are you willing to do what it takes? Because it's about being intentional. It's about being willing to wake up and say, look, I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to have gratitude. And then from there, building your date. Uh, the I Am book, um, you can go to, let me see. Actually, I can give you a link. Hold on a second. I'm going to get it for you. but anyway up and uh what you can do is you've got to be the person in your life that's going to decide what you're going to do you've got to decide and be intentional about what you're going to do you've got to sit up and say you know what i don't care what someone else says this is what i'm going to do i don't you know what i disagree with more than anything i don't really get off into disagreeing with people I get off into disagreeing with circumstances that you heard me say that earlier. There's something in my spirit that literally disagrees with my circumstances. And that's how I operate. I'm like, look, I'm, a, I'm, 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 at odds with my circumstances to, uh, Dr. Davis, um, Dr. Deborah Davis. I just put the link to, uh, the book I am, which is, I think I am is my 23rd book. Um, No, it's my 22nd book. I take that back. I Am is my 22nd book. Uh, The link is in the description box. Uh, I think it's shared on a lot of different pages because I didn't choose the right one. So it's on all of them. So if anybody else wants to get it, uh, but it's my 22nd book. But anyway, I'm going to close out with this. Life will pay whatever price you demand of it. Uh, the and people uh, there's nothing mystic about it there's no witchcraft involved this is simply the execution of faith with intention in other words when you don't truly understand faith when you don't truly understand the dynamic you it's a hit-and-miss thing am I doing it right and am I am I executing it right so you know I believe but remember James the brother of Jesus in the book of James, sits up and says that faith without, what, without works is dead. So then faith requires more than just saying, I believe. See, faith is something that demands response. Faith says, if you believe, what are you going to do? Faith says, let me see you believe by observing your actions. So then people should be able to look at me and tell that I am believing in X, Y, Z by observing my behavior. They should be able to see my values by what? Observing my behavior. And that's the very thing. So then what you have to understand is that I have to commit myself to a level of faith. James says, if you say you have work, your faith without works, I'm going to show you my faith What by my works. In other words, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to give you a whole lot of lip service. I'm going to show you, look at what I've done. Look at what I'm doing. Look what I'm producing. And it should be reflective. So then faith, God designed it to sit them say, okay, I believe it. I'm going to act on it. When I act on it, the universe begins to respond. As the universe begins to respond, I start to see it. And so what is happening? I'm literally through my faith moving towards my destiny and my destiny is meeting me halfway. And this is happening every day with every situation and every circumstance of life, how you're perceiving your circumstance should be through the, uh, the lens of faith. It's not big enough to destroy me. God has given me a purpose, a plan, a gift, a talent, potential and purpose. And in, and, and, and all of that, there's nothing that can stop me. I'm built for this. Sometimes in my life, man, that's all I had. All I had was the ability to look in the mirror say, Rick, you're built for this. And, And I didn't have the answer when I said it, but it created the calmness that allowed me to create the atmosphere and environment to receive what I needed to receive in order to execute the plan. There's a plan for your life. No matter what you're going through, no matter where you're at, no matter how bad it is and how far off it seems, the things that you have desired. God would never give you the ability to conceive in your mind something that you didn't have the ability to have. That would be torture. So the very the very idea that you can conceive it in your mind is God's evidence that it's possible. Now, what are you going to do about it is the question. So I'm going to leave you with that question. I'm going to leave you with that question, and I'm going to challenge you to be intentional with your thinking, to be intentional with your state, to be intentional with your emotions, to purposely abandon and overcome and conquer your addiction to negative emotions, because that's what's taking you down the path that you're traveling. Uh, For those, uh, as I mentioned in the beginning, if you want to enroll in my online class, The Mind Unleashed, which is A step-by-step process of overcoming limiting beliefs uh, setting your state and doing the things you need to do to create the life you want Uh, the link is in the box for those of you who are really ready to go all in and want to work with me on a one-on-one basis I have a few slots available Um, the link is in the description box as well Um, there are a number of different packages from 12 weeks to a year exactly hero so if you've got something uh, that you want to change in your life, the opportunity is before you. Whether you work with me or not, whether you enroll in the class or not, you're going to have to become intentional in what it is you want to accomplish in this world. I'm going to encourage you and tell you that you can do it. I believe in you because I know what God can do. And on that note, I'm going to challenge you to make a move. So hopefully I hear from some of you guys uh, whether I get the notification that you enrolled in the course or whether I get a notification that you have enrolled to work with me directly. Um, I want to, uh, if if all possible, touch as many people as I possibly can before the year is over. Uh, I want 2024 to be a banger for people. I want it to be explosive. And I hear a lot of people always saying, Uh, this is gonna be my year but doing nothing to make sure that that happens whether 2024 is your year or not it's gonna be up to you nobody else you Uh, you don't change the circumstances you don't change who enters your life who exits your life and all that stuff but what you do control is what you're gonna do so go out and make it happen Uh, as I always say I live my life on full so that when I leave this place I die on E and I'm challenging you to do the same whenever I leave this place I'm gonna leave this place having given everything I have to my purpose my destiny my ability to impact and change lives the fulfillment of that purpose and I won't have any regrets as my time comes to an end Uh, if it's one of those situations where I know okay time is winding down and time is winding down every day eighty six thousand four hundred seconds pass every day 24 hours and 24 hours each day is less time that you have to do what it is that you need to be doing in this world do not leave this world not having tapped into your potential and blown up your spot on that note i'm out here you guys have an unbelievable remainder of your day thank you